slash Mike. I listened to our intro last week. And I missed it all. I'm not going to lie. Well, here, I'm not going to lie. It kind of sounded like we were whispering sweet nothings to each other. <laughs> it was a bit disconcerting to listen to. So here's my objective with these intros. All right. I want to strike a careful balance between alluring and not weird. Okay. All right. All right. We're going to do our best here. Your, your, your line is time to flip it over to the B side. You remember? All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yep. Here we go. Hey, Mike. Yeah. I, man. man, already. I already made it weird. It. No, that was weird. Let's try again. Hey, Schmike. Yeah. What time is it? Time to flip it to the B side. Are you happy with that? I think so. I don't know if I am, but let's drop the needle anyway. Yeah, we'll go. We'll go. We gotta, sometimes you just got to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Broken Record Ministries podcast. You're listening to the B side of the record. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do Bob's method of introductions. You guys ready? All right, hang on. I'm Carl. Schmike's here. Coffee Mike's here. Pastor Mike is here. Ninja Bob's over there. Let's get her did. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Let's go. Another guess. Short, sweet guess. Yep. All right, who's gonna break the ice? <laughs> Silence. Total silence. Awkward silence. I'll do it. So, you know, you remember last week we had a. What's going on over here? Yeah. These little silent interactions on the you'll audio fig- podcast. You'll figure it out when you listen to the. When you listen to it when you're editing. Oh, did you hit something? You didn't have the earphones on. So, last week we had a short little segment on things that frustrate us. Remember that? Mm hmm. Apparently, I needed more time because mm. I've got more. Oh, I've got more. All right. So this weekend, my middle child, Faith, she's five. She had her last soccer game when mm. I took her. And we were pushing it on time. I mean, that's my self-protective way of saying that we were f- just flat out late. Mm. We were late. So by the time we get there, right, all the parents are lined up on the sideline where you sit. So I'm trying to find a place to sit because I want to have a good view to the last game. So there's like this gap right at midfield. Like everything, everybody's piled in everywhere else. And there's like this perfect gap right at midfield. I'm like, that's great. That's great. Gonna have a perfect view for everything. On the left-hand side of this gap, there's this couple standing there behind a couple chairs. And on the right-hand side, there's a woman sitting there by, her, by herself. I didn't want to sit right in front of the people standing, but I also didn't want to sit right next to the woman to make her uncomfortable. Right? So I kind of like went in the middle and shifted myself like a couple feet back, set my chair up there, and I'm sitting there. And as the game goes on, this couple standing there, like, keeps shifting further and further over, right in my view. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You see me sitting here. You see me sitting here. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, a few minutes in, guy shows up. It's the husband of the woman that was sitting there. Brings her a coffee. And I kid you guys not, this guy, and there's no way he didn't see me unless he has zero peripheral vision. There's no way when he was walking right beside that he didn't see me out of the corner of his eye. 
And I kid you guys not, he squared himself directly in front of me and stood there with his hands in his pockets. Oh, I was fuming. Not going to lie. I was fuming. You talked about the old man last week. Bob, I'm going to tell you, he was, he was biting at the cage. Uh, Yeah. He was biting at the cage and I'm trying to like bite my tongue. I'm trying to stay calm. Right. But I can't, I'm getting to a point where I can't contain it. I'm getting so mad. And I'm getting ready to like angrily get up and angrily fold my chair as obnoxiously as I can to move, to make a point of it. Mm-hmm. And right before I do, this woman looks back, sees me. She goes, honey, you're standing right in front of him. Why don't you move? And he does. I'm like, oh God, that was, that was you, wasn't it? <laughs> that was you. Yeah. It prevented me from sitting grievously here. <laughs> so then I start thinking, maybe there's a lesson in this somewhere, right? Yeah. So I'm sitting there, I'm a little calmer. And then this other guy that was standing there already, he had to have seen this interaction. He had to have seen this woman because he's standing right next to this other guy. He had to have seen this guy's wife say, honey, you're standing right in front of him, move. So he starts shifting even further over to where this guy was standing. He's, he's like twice the size. The guy's huge. He's like a mountain trying to watch this soccer game through a through a, a forest. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, you gotta be kidding. So what are you trying to teach me here, guy? I'm calmer now. What are you trying to teach me? And that's when he really hit me. We are so narrowly focused on our perspective on things that we don't give any kind of consideration to the people around us. Mm. And I'm very selfishly applying this at the time. I'm like, yeah, God, that's right. I'm the guy sitting in the back and everybody else is obstructing my view. Mm. And he's like, no, son, (laughs) you're the one standing in front. Uh. That's you. (laughs) That's you you're dealing with. Man, it deflated me. No joke. In the best possible way, it deflated me because I'd been struggling. This is my confession time. And I'm disappointed that the recently deposed narrator, Ronnie, kicked rocks on us because I was going to confess to him because mm. the, the, the couple days before that, I had been letting the devil play in my mind way too much, way too much. And allowing my perspective of things to be so me focused. You know, we talked on the round table about pride. In the center of pride, when you look at the, you look at the word sin and pride, f- the middle letter's I. It, right in the center of sin and pride is I. All about me. Mm. All about me, right? And that's what I was guilty of. Guys, like every, like even in our text chat that we talk about, like I was letting it get to a point where somebody would say something like, why'd they say that? what they mean by that? Even if it wasn't to me. Or if they didn't say anything at all, why didn't they say something? Mm. Or if they interact with somebody else's text, well, they interact with that one and not mine. Mm. Like, why am I even here? Why am I even here? And I was like kind of applying it too much to like to Tarani, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. And that's what the devil was doing. Like, cause that's what the devil does, man. That's what the powers of darkness do. They'll, they'll take the people that God's put in your life. Like we've been brought together for a reason, I believe this ministry. And I think the devil's objective or the, the, the agents that work for him, I think their objective is to make us enemies with each other. Mm-hmm. And they'll start getting you to 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 be so selfish about your perspective that you view other people the wrong way. Absolutely, and that's what I was doing to the point where I shared with you, Bob, the other day because you kind of fronted me up, like, "What's going on?" Yeah, right. And I'm like, "Here's here's what it is," and it was that. It, like, it was getting to the point where I was I was seriously considering stepping away from the round table. Mm. I was giving that serious thought about just yep. being done with that altogether. And you, you guys know as well as I do that that way, if I'd given, if I'd given into that temptation, it would have been a matter of time before I just dipped out of the ministry altogether. That's exactly what the devil wants. And I'm, I'm not the, I don't believe I'm the only one he's doing that to. 
No, no, no you're no, not. No. But we've got to get so much better because I was, I was that guy standing in front, so narrowly focused on my perspective on everything that I wasn't given any consideration to everyone else's perspective. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, like I said on the roundtable, I'm not talking about matters of truth here. Right. Like when I talk about perspective on things, I'm not talking about biblical truth. Right. Mm-hmm. There's one perspective that's correct when it comes to biblical truth, and we are tasked with defending that. I'm talking about our 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 interpersonal relationships and our struggles, and and that's what I mean by perspective. Yeah, absolutely. That looks really good, Mike. Thank you. I yeah. turned my head. I knew you had something important to say. Flip, flip that hat around. I said, Here we go. Is that the sign? That's flip the sign. It, flipping it to the beast. From now on, I know that when <laughs> Mike turns the hat backwards, wrap it up and turn the mic over to him. Well, I think what you're talking about, of course, I've been through because it wasn't that long ago. You know, to where I confessed, you know, on the roundtable that I thought about stepping back because of things mm-hmm. um, and everything. And because I, you know, he was attacking me with, you're not any good. You don't belong here. Look at how much further all of these, look at how much more knowledge, you know, Carl has and Bob has and Ronnie's gaining more knowledge. And, you know, and, uh, and, and, and you know, and Mike, look, Mike, Mike's getting ready to pass you. Look at how, you know, you're not worthy to sit in this anymore. You're not worthy to, to do this. And then it was, oh, now all of a sudden we, we move venues from my house and it's like, well, now they don't even need me. You know, now all I was doing was I was, I was providing a place. That was it. You know what I mean? Yep, I do. I mean, that's that's how bad I let myself get. And again, Mike had reached out at one point. You, you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm good. You know, I yep. mean, and it was so it was some of that same things before you even, you know, started podcasting. As soon as I found out you're getting a podcast, you're doing a podcast after we had met, you know, and again, all of these things so God driven. And what are the chances you had already been doing the community kitchen? And then we happened to be volunteering this one weekend, start talking, you know, and, and you and Ronnie had this really long conversation about it and all this. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, he's starting this podcast. I'm like, man, we have a podcast. And you know what's so wild about that? I don't even know why Ronnie started talking to me that day. Right. Because I, I think I was going out of my way to give the image that I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> right. I'm going to stay in the back of the kitchen. I'm not very social anyway. Just leave me alone. I'm not going to smile very much. Yeah. I'm going to be intimidating. Leave me alone. Yeah. And yeah. he came over and started telling me all about it. That's oh, the only reason yeah. we're all sitting here to, to, right. like today together. Right. Because right. again, at that point in time also. Our little social butterfly. It yeah. was, but it, But I mean, it was so, it was so new in it. He wasn't reaching out to a whole bunch of people. You know what I mean? We were mm-hmm. kind of in our groove and getting kind of getting it figured out and everything else. And he was like, this is kind of where we're staying. And then in my mind, it was, why does he need to start one? We have one. Yeah. Not that I was saying I wanted to invite him, but invite him. You know what I mean? Yep. But it's like, we already do this thing. We are the only ones that can do a Christian <laughs> podcast. You know, but like you were saying, it's not this way. It's the wrong way. You, you know, and it was, it was so ridiculous, you know, and, and, and it was so unfortunate on my side that it even took me any time whatsoever to figure out that that was going on. No, no, no. I'm just going to stew in it and I'm just going to not like Carl. I'm not going to give him <laughs> any opportunity. And you, I mean, you talk, we, we talked before about, um, you know, unmet expectations that you didn't even know were expectations. There it is right there. I just threw it right out there. You know, boom, here you go, Carl. You have no idea who I am from Adam, really. We met. Hi, how are you? You saw me work at the community kitchen. But other than that, no conversation. And then all of a sudden, I don't like him. Yeah. And, and if anybody knows me, that's really not me. You know what I mean? But I just I got so in, in, in my pride and my all of these things uh, and let it metastasize into something that was really unhealthy. Because it was like, mm-hmm. I don't know didn't know Carl. I didn't have 
you know, in, 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 in the, some of the things that, you know, I end up finding out that he's doing and stuff. It's like, man, Oh, I wish I had enough faith to go do that. Had enough confidence in my faith to go and do that. You know, to, you know, the, not just the, the, the podcast, but actually going out and doing it and going to Philadelphia, you know, and, and because I worked at that time for a company that was based in Philadelphia. So we had people that went out to Philadelphia and all you heard was all the bad stuff, mm-hmm. you know? And then it was like, you went into the lion's den. I mean, for lack of a better term, because you went to where all the bad stuff was happening. You didn't shy from it. You didn't go and find, you know, maybe a relatively safe homeless community to preach to and things like that. No, you were, I mean, people were, you were strung out. They were, you know, all of these things where you went, but I almost let myself miss out on that opportunity of knowing you at all. And my life is so much more enriched because I know you that it's unbelievable. Man, that means a lot. I mean, that means a lot. And I'm not trying to blow smoke. I mean, I'm really not because it's just, it's, we talked on the, you know, on the round table and it was one of those things that my wife and I could not rave, I guess. I don't know if you want to say rave, get praise, anything, but really to God, we talked about the, my son's graduation your family and you were the first ones there last ones to leave and i i never imagined that anybody w- would do that and would never expect that anything like that and i was just like i i really can't believe that they stayed for the whole thing that is so amazing and she goes i don't even know what to say you know i mean like when you when you get into situations like this and especially like i said with god putting it on my heart that like that, that's family that's family that does that, you know, and again, for no reason other than they love you. And it was just like to see that and hitting so hard when you know, I talk about not getting anything out of it. If anything, I gave you so much reason to not want to have any kind of communication or any kind of relationship with me just because of being that guy and stuff that um, it was just so amazing. And then again, we were just, just both like, it is such a blessing for us to know that you guys love our family and our son enough to do that when there was a lot of blood that didn't even show up, you know, I do. I do. So it was just amazing. It really was. And then to see people at graduation that I didn't expect to see, you know, and just wanted to see my kid and stuff. mm, Overwhelming. Really? Sorry. I know it. We got a time now. <laughs> Sorry. It's been a great podcast. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> but doesn't doesn't that speak to God changing oh. your heart? If that's not a testimony of what he can yeah. do in somebody's life. Oh yeah. Oh, I think yeah. that's what yeah. we're all hungry for, all of us. Yeah. I know I am. I'm sure I'm I can speak for others, but I'm not going to, but I think we all thirst so heavily for that transformation that desire to seek. And yes, as we talked about on the A side, at times we don't do what we know we need to do. Yeah. Or we discover something about ourselves that drives us in another direction away from where we should be. And then for you, Mike, to get that reassurance this weekend, I mean, I you can only hope for things like that in your life. Absolutely. Pray for things like that in your life. Yeah. Because once that, once that feeling of I'm really not that important to a lot of people creeps into your head, man, it's like that bitter root that takes mm-hmm. hold. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to get rid of. Right. And even if you think you've gotten rid of it, it rears its ugly head once again. 
And I know there are people out there that listen to this podcast that know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I wish I had the magic words to tell you everything's going to be all right. I'm sure Bob does. I'm, I can feel it over here already. <laughs> Bob does not. <laughs> but uh, I don't. It's Bitterness is like a pervasive weed, and it will completely take over the garden of your heart if you don't pluck it out really early, Absolutely. really aggressively. Well, that was a throw to you, Carl, because you used that one quite a bit. And mm -hmm. That stuck with me. A lot of things you guys say sticks with me. But for whatever reason, even though... I've been trained to apply what I've learned. It, uh, I need that 101 book. How to do life for dummies would be nice. Mm -hmm. Well, looking to him's the big thing because even if you let it take over your heart, he's a master gardener. Right. Yeah. He'll snatch it out. Right. So I know I have a clearer path tonight because of the A side and now hearing this love story over here between these two. Mm -hmm. For those of you listening, we record the roundtable and the B-side on the same night. So, Oh, yeah. Sorry. So That's if you're wondering you. about the dates, we've already predated. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was for Ronnie, table, I'm but. sure. But uh, it's important. It really is. For me, healing comes from talking out problems. And I know this because I know this about myself. So when I don't talk, I know it's festering. And the boil's getting bigger. Yeah. It's got to be lanced. Mm -hmm. But yet, I'm afraid of the lancing. Mm -hmm. It's not pleasant. Confession is a very important first step in that healing process, though. Right. I think it's easy to wallow in ourselves because we don't. We know that involves change, and change is hard. Yeah. We don't want to change. I get like that sometimes. Sometimes it's easier just to wallow in my struggle, wallow in my you know, whatever it is I'm going through. And it's easy to stay there. And I know the right answers. I know the steps to get out of it. But I know that that's hard. I know that that's going to take work and that's going to take effort. And that's going to take a lot more grueling process than just snap a finger or take this pill or <laughs> throw it right. in the microwave for 30 seconds and it's done. Because that's <laughs> kind of the world we live in is that microwave mentality. And sometimes I just don't want to go through the work. I don't want to go. I don't want to go through the growing process and the hurting process. I don't want to be in the belly of the fish like Jonah. Yeah, right. To I mean, but that's where God needs me to be in order to get my attention. Yeah, but I don't want to be there because it stinks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but in exactly. especially when you get vomited out. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And that's that's the thing. Like you were talking about, Mike, is it's so you know you know you need it. Yeah. But it's like when we've talked many, many, many times about how your walk with Christ is not easy. So when you get into these things, I think sometimes I know for me to where it's, I know I have to work on this or I know, I know exactly like Mike, you were talking about on the round table, you know exactly where to get the answers. Right. You just got to go do it. And sometimes you won't, my self pity is, or my pride is, I just want one thing I don't have to work on so hard. Right. Exactly. So let's do it with this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's just me. Yeah, you found all, no, you found an alternative yeah. thing to work on. Like yeah. I knew I had this problem. Yeah, and boy, I could approach that one a lot easier. Mm -hmm. well, this it, one's going to be semi painless compared to what I need to go do. Right. And I've seen the result of how dangerous that can be because that leads to us, you know, we'll deal with what we consider to be easy um, vices that we've allowed into our into our heart, and we backburn other things. Mm. And honestly, we end up backburning things that are more corrupting of our heart. 
because those are the more difficult things to deal with. And if you continue doing that for too long, it leads to a breakdown. I've seen it. Yeah. It leads to a spiritual breakdown and it's very, it's very difficult to come back from that. Very difficult. Yeah. Brother Bob, you're awful quiet over there. I'm just soaking it in. <laughs> so you're acting like SpongeBob. That's it. Okay. <laughs> I come here to soak from you, Bob. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, really. yeah, exactly. I feel cheated right now. You, mm -hmm. you probably should. No, nobody got my pun. <laughs> Especially since now we got like we got yeah. yeah, I see right there. It's like a text I put out there. Nobody answered. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there it is. His name is Bob. So from now on, you're like a sponge. Okay. No, no, sponge okay. Bob. So go. from from now on, what we're going to do? Sponge part instead of the correlated. Yeah. From now on, I'm going to get a I'm going to get a lighted sign right behind Coffee Mike. And it tells us when to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Left trick. Uh, okay. I need, I deserve that. <laughs> I had to make myself feel better. This is two weeks in a row. Last week I was the guy riding outside the bicycle lanes. Yeah. Now I'm the, the parent yeah. standing right in front of everybody at the soccer game. Spirit's been wailing me, dude. Right, right. So <laughs> I feel like I gotta too. get my licks in a little bit. But Mike, also I want I want you to know, and I, when I say you're not alone, I I, I don't always mean you can call anybody anytime. You're also not alone in the things that you're going through mm -hmm. as far as some of us are going right along with you at the same time, or I guarantee have. Yep. So, well, isn't that the whole yep. idea behind this podcast is to bring that sort of thing to light? For Absolutely. People? I mean, Absolutely. And, and I've tried very hard to be transparent on the podcast. I really have mm -hmm. probably shared more than I should have at times yeah. to people I don't even know out there just in hopes that it would help somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Did we get canceled? No, we're still here, right? So there you go. Never well, who too much, would cancel right? us, I guess the question is. I don't know. That'd be Bully Ronnie? Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, we could find out. I mean, we could really put... No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to hear from SpongeBob. Yeah. Uh, I like it. Uh, there it is. Uh, I like it. Brother Bob is great because it's B. It's alliteration. Yeah, we're going to have to... But SpongeBob... We're going to get some more, get some more we're shirts. We're here to soak up from SpongeBob. That's right. Yellow. <laughs> Rose, if you listen, please call Mr. Bob SpongeBob from now on. Or not. <laughs> I was going to say, let's forget. Don't forget, she has to ride with him every day. Yeah, not every day. Not even, no, oh, that's Tax true. season's yeah, over. That's only that's two true. days a week. True, true. <laughs> I also forgot he's got my, my number and he knows where I live, so I got to be careful. Oh, yeah. That's very yeah. true. Yeah. And that look Bob was giving you there for a second. I know, I saw it. I thought I'd it down a bit. And a truckload of bad tires. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's taking care of me on tires. So I, yeah. And Ronnie and Ron and everybody else. He's a tire, yeah. He's a tire, man. He's got the wrench for it. <laughs> I got the wrench for it. That's true. How deep. What's everybody looking at me for? No, no, no. We're waiting for inspiring words. Yeah, I don't got no one's pearls. Oh, I don't yeah, that for a second. What are you all pearled out? I'm all pearled out. <laughs> no way. No way. No way. Anybody got any stories or anything? Anything uh, to tell? Well, I can go kind of along with you. But, you know, we were talking about the annoyance thing because we were, when I went to our son's graduation and we got there, started at 6 30, got there about 5. He would get six. I dropped my mom and my wife off and went to go park and all this and get in there. My wife has gotten this beautiful front row, just about the whole front row. There was two elderly ladies sitting on the end. So my wife puts her, her camera bag down and then starts doling out little pieces along the way to let it know, Hey, this is good. So, you know, then you start talking to some of the people that show up and everything like that. And then 
when it's getting time, it's like she, you know, she's preparing to take a picture of him like head on coming out, you know? And I was like, okay, well, I'll go sit down then. And I come and go to sit down and there's two little girls that have moved her bag over and they're sitting right there. So I'm like, mm. <laughs> first, first thought, unfortunately, somebody better control their little girls. That's all I'm say. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, so I'll, I'll just sit down. So I, I sit rather close to the little girl and she's got to like uncross her legs. I said, Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. So I just sit there. And then she's like, my wife looks at me and she's like, is there still room for me? Yes, there is my love. And she's like, okay. So then had some more kids show up more of the kids. And then the kids brought some of their kids and stuff. So we start moving down, moving down, moving down. And all of a sudden they're like, is there any room left? Sorry. There's little kids that sat here. So I got up. And I got and sat behind the rest of my family for the graduation so that everybody could scoot in and stuff. And the whole time I wanted to start shooting peas at the girl. <laughs> I'm just like, really? You know, girls don't even care about the graduation. And now I can't sit with my family because she took her spot. <laughs> and I was like, okay, God, what are you trying to tell me? And I did. I had to go through that. I hate going through that. And, and I was like, if I keep stop getting in my own way, then I wouldn't have to as much. But I was like, okay, I think you're trying to teach me a little bit of humility here and the fact of, I'm still with my family and I still get to see my son graduate and everything else, but maybe lead the rear back a little bit. And these little girls are having fun with their family. Okay, fine. All right. <laughs> You're a better man than me, Mike. Cause I would have went straight to the parents. Oh, uh, I, I wish I, I could say I could, I could have restrained myself, mm -hmm. but if you go through the problem of doling out little, little trinkets on chairs, oh, yeah. see, anybody with etiquette knows that chair is taken. Yeah. So either the child hasn't been taught etiquette, so, yeah. so that means the the parent yep. probably doesn't know it either. Yeah. So for me, I would have been. And the group they were with were the ones that were up on that other row anyway. So it was like, I was just like, I don't even understand why you sat down here. But, okay. but I, I've All been right. there. You get somewhere <laughs> early because you want your seat that you want. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're heavily invested in what's going on. Mm -hmm. and I remember my children graduated college. My wife and I crack a dawn, yeah. getting ready to go. I think the graduation was at 3 p.m. or something like that. <laughs> gotcha. And I remember getting there and spreading out like yesterday's lunch across <laughs> these seats, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, someone actually had the gall to say, excuse me, is this seat taken? No, I always launch like this in events, you know? Like I'm laying down here for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, I'm just hanging out here, you know, waiting for the free lunch to come around. But I, I totally get what you, I mean, I was perturbed that this individual had the gall mm -hmm. to ask me, is this seat taken? Yeah. It wouldn't have been if you'd gotten here before me, but it is now because I got here before you. Yeah. And it goes right back to Carl's story on the A side about someone standing in front of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're supposed to spread love. No, I wasn't on the A side. That no, was, this, was right. that this was is here. the B side. Yeah, this is I don't even know where we're at, but yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's you're right. You get in your own way. Yeah. And did I get to see my son or daughter graduate? Whichever one it was, I don't remember which one it was. Mm -hmm. Yes. And at the entire time, I'm sitting there thinking about this person that took my seat. Right. So it's, it's stealing your, your My joy to steal your joy from this moment. Exactly. And then like when Carl was talking about the old man coming out, that build up, that build up to where it would have been before I would have said something and probably wouldn't have been quiet about it. It, which could have ruined the entire, entire thing. day yeah. yeah for everybody for my family they could have been embarrassed for my son graduating all of this and the same thing, you know, with Carl, but it's like, that's probably, that would have been how it went. 
you know, as opposed to God working on my heart and, and, you know, and seeing the errors of my way to still, to be in that moment, still be angry to be like, okay, what are you trying to tell me? Mm-hmm. You know, that verse always comes to my mind when I begin to behave like a barbarian, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Mm. That one pops into my head pretty often. The problem is it'll pop in as quick as it pops out because I have to be careful because you call it the old man. I call it the barbarian. Yeah. Barbarian. I mean, I used to be a pretty rough little guy. I, uh, I wasn't taking, you know what, from anybody. Yeah. And my wife, even early on, would call me the bulldog because I would get in there and I'd grab something by the throat and I'd shake it till it was dead. Mm-hmm. While sometimes you need to do that with things in life, you need to grab hold of it. But there's a better way to do it. Right. And that's really what he's worked on me for years about. Yeah. I was an A-type personality person. And I guess I still am to a, to a degree. Mm-hmm. But he's living in your heart more than the uh, yes. barbarian was. Yes. I call it the old Mike, the barbarian. Yeah. I, I don't like him. Yep. Don't like him at all. Brother Bob knows about that. Uh-huh. Brother Bob knows a lot about that. Yep. But now I've been sitting here listening to you guys, and you guys are saying that, you know, of course, you had all this stuff in your way, and... Of course, you you moved to be able to accommodate them to little girls. Mm-hmm. The thing is, you know, I'm I'm that same guy. I mean, I would have probably said something. You know, I'd been like, "Hey, them seats are taken. Kick rocks." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, is is what I've learned, or what he's actually taught me over the years, is is that something you need to worry about. Or do you focus on what the main purpose of that graduation was, which is celebrating your son's graduation, right? Celebrating what he's achieved in his life. Mm -hmm. It's not about us. Right. Same goes as when we're following Jesus. It's not about us. It's about him. Mm -hmm. It's what he's achieved for us in our lives. Yes. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So, in other words, what I'm saying is is when we have little hiccups like that come in our lives, how do we how do we present ourselves to show his love and to show respect to him? Do we do it by telling them kids to kick rocks or we do it by what you've done? You get up, you move, even though you didn't like it, even right. though you didn't like it. Yeah. I mean, you know, but you still had enough respect for your son and cared more about what was going to happen to him and your family than you having that seat, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's the perspective part of it is what we need to look at all the time. You know, when, when them, when them situations come about, how do you present yourself? Do you show, do you show Jesus in that? in that situation or do you show people be like oh hey i'm a christian but i'm still going to act like this mm-hmm. i'm still going to tell you that you're in <clears throat> excuse me that you're in the wrong that you need uh you need to conform to the way i want you to conform <clears throat> right the thing is, is most of them most of them people don't even think about that stuff exactly you know? they they're ignorant i guess you would i guess you could call it that i don't well, know make... ignorance is lack of knowledge yeah uh, there you go okay thank you they're ignorant to the way things 
are supposed to be, but they was taught that way. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? They yeah. was taught that ignorance. And that's just, and that's what the world wants us to conform to, mm -hmm. the ignorance part of it. Well, we got to be different. We got to show difference every time we're out in the world because then people, the world wants them to stay ignorant to what God's got for them. Yep. You know, so if we're not out there representing and showing them who Jesus is and showing him who our God is, if we're if we're doing the exact same thing they're doing, if you would have got mad at them little girls and been like, hey, you need to get up out of them seats, you need to go sit with your other family, you need to go sit with your family, these seats were taken. What good would you have been? I mean, really, what right. would you right. would you have showed any type of love to them kids at all? Nope. You know, and maybe look at it this way. Maybe them little girls couldn't see from where they were sitting, too. I don't know how big kids they was or, you know, how old they were. You know, some people can't see it. I take my wife, for instance. You know, she's 5'1". Well, yeah. she'll say Very, five, very one. short. She'll say 5'1 and a half just to make herself sound bad. <laughs> and a quarter. And a quarter. Yes. And a quarter. But, you know, when we go to, when we go to events, you know, she has trouble seeing over 99% of the people say when we sit in, when we sat in service at church and she's standing, you know, I try to position her there, go hitting that mic again. <laughs> I try to position her to a, a place to where she can see the words on the screen, you know, to be able to worship and sing the song. Sometimes she's had to absolutely move herself completely out of the seating and get over to the side to where she could see. You know, that she could have been rude and been like, hey, you you know, you need to move over. But she does not do that. She doesn't cause strife. She tries to she tries to accommodate people. My wife is a she loves to try to please people in a way that that it shows love for them. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, I do. And but that's what we gotta do in life. That's what we gotta do when we're in the world. When we're out consorting or mingling or whatever you want to call it at any kind of an event, no matter what it is, you got to show God's love mm -hmm. and you got to show respect for the other people. If you want respect, you got to give respect. Mm -hmm. Even though, even though sometimes them other people don't give you that respect back, but 99.9% of the time, Jesus got no respect when he was teaching in the, in the hills and in the, in the synagogues and, you know, he got he got hammered, he got bashed. So we're gonna get the same thing. Yeah. He told us that. Yeah. There's that pearl of wisdom. We were there it is. is that what y'all was that waiting was for? Going that was to, it. Man. Sorry. That was it big. took me a minute. I just had to soak in <laughs> what you were saying. That was big and pretty. Well, I was gonna say to you, a lot of times we we make assumptions about the intents. Yeah. That other mm -hmm. people have. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? We we assume ill intent mm -hmm. when usually there probably wasn't any. Nah. You know what I mean? We make that assumption, and the enemy wants us to make that assumption because it leads to us reacting in a very ungodly way. And let's be real. If if God responded to us when we treat him exactly that way, I mean, yeah. if, if, he, if he responded to us the way we respond to other people when they inconvenience us, mm -hmm. where would we be at? Right. Let's right. be real. Oh, yeah. Well, that was like you were talking about, Carl. Like, you realized at a certain point that was you getting in the way of somebody, hundred percent, you know? And so you can see that 
while you're in your walk. Think about all of the people we stood in front of and did that to before we were even cognizant of a walk with Jesus. Just think about it. You was probably that guy at one time blocking other people's view. Yeah. Oh, I've been you know, that guy recently and, and countless times in the past before I was walking the way that I should be walking. Right. But so, the thing, oh yeah. you know, the thing is, is you were sitting there and you, you said you kept getting, you know, madder and madder and madder and, and fuming harder and harder. In all reality, all you had to do is get up out of that chair, fold it up and move to where you could see. You, you definitely was in your own way. Yeah. I will say this. Way. I will say this slightly in my defense. There was it, the sideline was so packed there was really nowhere else to go. Right, unless I went over to the corner where I couldn't see anything. Gotcha. On the one side of the field. Gotcha. Not to defend myself because I don't deserve defense. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, I should have done is just ask. Yeah. In all honesty, what I should have done is been like, "Hey, man, can can you move over a little bit? Because I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to watch too." Yeah. And he probably would have. Yeah. In all reality, yeah. if I had just politely said, "Hey, man, I can't see. Can you move over a little?" He would have. Mm-hmm. But I did. And, and I most, sat there and fumed and right, right. Again, yeah, pride. he was just getting yep. madder and madder. Yeah, yeah. In in your mind, again, your in your mind, I know this guy saw me, and this other guy had to have seen everything yep. else that had, you know. But you know, that, assuming so that he did, maybe he the didn't. thing. The right. thing is, is, is that guy might not have saw you because he was probably focused on that game as he was walking up. Yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying. I do. Yeah, and with somebody sitting down, you know, you you know, there's something there, but. You don't know exactly what it is. He he could have just thought it was an empty chair. Yep, absolutely I mean, you know, right. Because mm-hmm. there's probably other people standing around. I'm sure. You know, well, you said the the husband and the other wife and the wife was standing there, right? Yeah, they were. And then the other guy walked up. Well, I mean, you know, he might have been like, "Oh, hey, maybe that's one of their chairs. I'm yeah. just going to stand here." I just want to say. The spirit made me feel bad enough about this. Yeah. I don't need your help. I'm sorry. He doesn't need your help. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I won't. I won't make you feel bad no more. But I mean, hey, no. But guess what? Mike's turn. Hey, next, you guys. You guys looked at me. You asked for it. We did. Careful we did. what you asked for. Right. It's Careful what you asked for. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and take our break. Actually, uh, this week while we do that, we're going to play this week's featured song, which is "Everything Beautiful." by Mason Clover and be sure to stick around. Goodness. Oh, oh. oh. <coughs> down the wrong pipe. Sorry. Oh, okay. Coffee. <laughs> are, you, are you all right? Yeah. Yeah. You're breathing? Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> be sure to stick around to the other side and we'll get into this week's devotional study and some final thoughts. Again, this is Everything Beautiful by Mason Clover. Talk catch in a few. Yeah, everything. 
We fired him. Yeah. Too, too much conviction from that guy. Gotta get He's rid, gone. Of, rid of the riffraff. Yeah. <laughs> we wanted a pay increase. We weren't willing to pay it. Yeah. Contract yeah. negotiation broke down. We offered him double cool what he was getting, and he wanted triple. That's just <laughs> un- inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, I'll joke. He did have to take off. So, all you Bob fans, you can just turn the podcast off now. Yeah. So, no reason for you to listen. <laughs> SpongeBob will be back next week. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Here's <laughs> this. Maybe not. <laughs> That's true. So, again, that was Everything Beautiful by Mason Clover. Be sure and check him out if you're on Spotify or Apple Pie or Apple Music. Apple Pie. Apple Pie. That does sound good. Yeah, that was a, yeah, that was a mental thing. Yeah. I don't know. We don't have any Apple Pie here. Sorry. <laughs> be sure and give him some, some support. He deserves it. He does. He does good work. So, this week, we're going to look at one of my favorite verses or a couple of verses in all of scripture. And I'll, I'll tell the short story of why it's one of my favorites, but our devotional study is going to be on Isaiah chapter 33 verses 21 and 22. 
and this will make sense when I read this, but the reason this is so impactful to me, my daughter, my oldest daughter, Grace, she writes sometimes. Very talented. I think I'm biased, but I think she's talented. <laughs> but there have been several several points where she's written something that, man, just God spoke to me through it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like made some amazing connection. And this was one of those occasions she wrote. And I forgot what it was called. I'm not going to read the read read the whole thing out. I don't have it with me. But essentially, it was uh, it was a short story, and it was written as a metaphor for her life or a life. Not, I don't know if it's necessarily her life, but and it was about struggling. Right. And she used the metaphor of getting in a boat and rowing and rowing and rowing. She writes that a couple different times and fighting against the current. But no matter how hard she fights, no matter how hard she rows, the current always pulls her back to the shore where she started. Mm. And it was it was written as a metaphor of trying to live your life in opposition to God's will for you Mm. and how it always pulls you back. His will stronger than you can possibly row. She wrote this. And then I turned straight to, I remember this, I'll never forget this, I turned straight to this verse. I'm going to read this out. And then after I read it, we're going to, we'll talk about it. I want to get your guys' thoughts. And we're going to peel back a couple layers because I think this is such an impactful verse. But it says this, again, Isaiah chapter 33, verses 21 through 22. And I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. But there, the majestic one, Yahweh, will be for us a place of rivers and wide canals, on which no boat with oars will go and on which no mighty ship will pass. For Yahweh is our judge. Yahweh is our lawgiver. Yahweh is our king. He will save us. No boat with oars will pass. Mm -hmm. I remember when I read that after reading what she wrote and I was just awestruck. It's it's a stone of remembrance for me. Mm -hmm. I can look back on that and remember that only God, only God, Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So hearing that, what are your all's thoughts on that verse? I'm curious. Well, for me, I've been wrong with a spoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing that popped into my head. Uh, well, it, it, it's hard to separate now the, the story in the scripture, you know? So mm-hmm. it's just seeing that and having that, knowing, knowing the grace. visual. Yeah. Having that visual of it and everything. And it is, I mean, you just, it, I always just think of when somebody goes out in a rowboat, just the uh, kind of the piece that, that's included with it. Cause normally it's, you're just out on a little, little lake and you know, not too big. Cause you're not going to, you don't want to go too far, get stranded, all that uh-huh. kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, and then, you know, thinking about this and, and, uh, well, and I'll be honest when I kayak, it's it's on a lake with yeah. zero current. Yeah, right. <laughs> on a very clear, yeah. still day. No, absolutely no. And when we go on, on like we go on a float trip every year, and our, our oldest son is almost always done a, a kayak, and it's got some good streams. You know? yeah. So it's like, and he's always usually the one to rescue anybody that's like falling behind and whatever. And I'm like, whoo, that kid is he's got some special, <laughs> you know? Yep. So yeah, it's uh, hmm. Maybe sitting there thinking no boat will pass with oars. Yeah, because that's that's what it says. It says uh, on which no boat with oars will go. Right. So maybe we're relying on the wrong motor. Yeah. That's kind of what's hitting me. I'm not saying put a outboard on your rowboat. That's not what I'm saying. But maybe who we're looking to for the right power is the wrong power as far as rowing the boat forward 
and I'm referring to yourself as the, the wrong power. Yep. So I adore that you said that. We're going to peel back the first layer of understanding here because f- first of all, we're not going to read it, but if you read further down, um, Isaiah mentions uh, sales here. So I think what he has in mind when he when he talks about the no boat with oars, I think he has in mind a sailboat. Just because I think that's important. The rivers and the wide canals are 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 the most high, the eternal father himself. It says clearly right here, but there the majestic one, Yahweh, that's the eternal father, will be for us a place of rivers and wide canals. So he is the river, the, the place of rivers and wide canals. He is the promised land, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The ultimate promised land is in the presence of the father. He is the place of the rivers and wide canals. The boats and the ships are us. Metaphorically speaking, it's us. So how does that color your understanding of what we just read? A place of rivers and wide canals on which no boat with oars will go and on which no mighty ship will pass. I think it really applies to what you just said, Mike, depending on the wrong, on the wrong power. Right. Yep. So if we're the boat without oars, what's he saying? We're relying, not relying on him. That's what I arrived to from what you read first. Yeah. yeah. Because it's always going to drift in. Mm-hmm. If you're not rowing, yeah. it's always going to drift in to the shore. Yeah. yeah. Just like Grace wrote. Yep. Yep. But God always calls us out into the water. Yeah. You think of Peter. And I know we know all, all know that story, but I mean, Peter got out of that boat in the midst of a storm. He got out of that boat. He calls us to go against the norm, to go against the culture, to go against the tradition. Yeah. God's always calling us out against that. And in order to do that, we need his help. We can't do that on our own strength and in our right. own power. Yeah. I, I think the key to that verse is even a majestic boat or grand boat, something that's massive and strong, could not go against the current mm-hmm. of God. Mm-hmm. Yep. So... In my mind, I see in this metaphor, the world is that majestic boat, the world that we live in. And as long as you're in that boat going whatever direction you're going, not relying on the right power to get you there, it doesn't matter how strong your boat is, whether it's oar sails or outboard, inboard, whatever you got, it doesn't matter because it's not going to go. It's not going to go upstream. I will say, I, I I still believe the mighty ship is a metaphor for people, but I think it's talking about, I think you're right, it's in the sense of worldly person. Yeah. And there's a reason I believe that, because there's something pretty mind-blowing in the Hebrew when you dig into it. I am actually going to read the the next verse, uh, verse 23, to to tie in the, the sailboat analogy, because I think this is important. It says, your tackle hangs slack. It cannot hold the base of its mast firmly, nor spread out the sail for me to stop so when when it comes to to working a sailboat it takes a little bit of work mm-hmm. working a sailboat boat takes work go figure right yeah. so you have to you have to you have to put up the sail you have to you have you have to do work in the sailboat to operate the sail but, but you also, what's your power source you have to have the knowledge to work that sailboat you do that's yeah. important too but what powers it wind wind will you get anywhere in a sailboat without wind Mm. No. So what's the purpose of having oars on a sailboat? In case you get stuck with no wind. In case there's no wind. Mm-hmm. But if the wind is the will of the Father, would you ever be stuck without wind? Mm-mm. 
So if you're never stuck without wind and the wind is the will of the father guiding you in the proper direction, if you try to row against it, what are you doing? Going nowhere. You're rowing against his will. Mm -hmm. I was going to say being dumb. Being dumb. Well, that too. <laughs> that too. <laughs> I believe that's what he's telling us here. Yeah. It's surrendering to the wind. When you operate a sailboat and you don't even bring an oar on board, mm -hmm. you're surrendering in full trust to the wind that it's going to carry you to the right destination. And if he's the place of rivers and white canals, remember, he's not just the rivers and the white canals. He's yeah. the place of rivers and white canals. He's everything right. there, including the wind. So if you bring oars to fight against that, you're fighting against the most high. Mm -hmm. I want to dig in a little bit to the Hebrew there. So the word for oars there is interesting because when we read that in English, we think just the object, the object for rowing. In Hebrew, though, it's shayit, and it actually means a rowing. It doesn't really actually mean the oar itself. The word actually means the act of rowing. That's what it's saying. Sure. It's saying that no boat with anyone on board who attempts to row against the wind will be on the rivers and wide canals. He, he's forbidding the act of rowing. That's what he's saying there. Not just the oar itself, the act. You're just there to work the sail. Mm. To apply the knowledge of working a sailboat and work the <sighs> sail. Don't row against it. The majestic one. The word majestic there is adir in Hebrew. Adir. And it means glorious. Glorious. You know what's fascinating? You miss, you miss this in the English. But when you skip down just a little and it says on which no mighty ship will pass, the word mighty, exact same Hebrew word. Mm. Adir. So you could read this a different way, but there the glorious one, Yahweh, will be for us a place of rivers and wide canals on which no glorious ship will pass. So what's he really saying there? If we're the ship, and it's using the same Hebrew word, I believe he's saying he's not going to share his glory. I believe that's a picture of pride. Yeah. No one who attempts to share the glory of the Most High will be allowed in the place of his rivers and wide canals. How fitting of a passage given our conversation all night long. Isn't that stunning? Mm -hmm. More than stunning. Yeah. I believe what we're Humbling. being... Yes. Mm -hmm. I believe what's being pictured for us here is the, the boat with without acts of rowing is a picture of being yielded. Yielded to him. And trusting in his direction. And on which no mighty ship will pass, that's a picture of humility. The prideful won't be allowed there. Anyone who attempts to steal the glory of the Most High, they're not welcome there. And just in case you miss it, verse 22, the reason I read that, because it's important, because he's making it explicit now. He's, he's abandoning the metaphorical, and he's getting into the practical, and he says, Yahweh is our judge, Yahweh is our lawgiver, Yahweh is our king. To, to yield to submit to his authority over your life, to yield to his authority over your life, that's accepting him as your judge and your king. Mm -hmm. And to submit to his control over every detail of your life, that's that's surrendering to him as your lawgiver. Right. I also he makes the rules. Oh, it says he will save us. He will save us. Yeah. Mm. Isn't it awesome? Oh, yeah. Oh, just... 
because again like uh, so again now now picturing going in and with the digging more and and everything i'm thinking from the most humble to the most both boastful you know neither one can pass without him yeah mm. and i do believe i yeah i believe that the process of of being on the river is to strip you of the desire to row against his wind his will and the desire to share in his glory and being the pro that just the process of being on the river is to purge you of those things mm -hmm. right i don't think he's saying be perfect or be, be perfect before you can even gain entry i don't believe that's right. what we're being shown here i no. think what we're being shown here is surrender the process yeah learn how to work a sailboat learn how to how to how to surrender the oar to me mm -hmm. learn how to set aside your own glory and just submit yep. submit yield yield is the right word i think and i just want to point out too he's the lawgiver yes oh yeah i think too often and we'll probably get into this in the future devotional study and i have nearly enough time to today but i wrote it i read a devotion today Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> it's so mishandled the biblical text. And I, I think we're taught too often that a person is our lawgiver. There was some human at one point that was our lawgiver. There wasn't. Mm -hmm. He clearly tells us right here he's the lawgiver. Moses himself wasn't the lawgiver. He was just, given yeah. to Moses by him. Exactly. He yeah. was just the scribe. He wrote it down. The most high is our lawgiver. And until we get to a place where we're, where we're willing to submit to him and yield him as our lawgiver, we're always going to miss the mark. Yeah. To some degree, we're going to miss the mark. We've got to get to it. That's what true revival looks like. We've got to get to a place where we are yielded to him as our judge, our lawgiver, and our king. Through the person of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, i got to say I'm a little bit awestruck here. <laughs> I hate to make everybody speechless in an yeah. audio-only podcast. <laughs> yeah, Here we are. It, yeah. Oh, man. And just given my personal situation, I received truth and knowledge and love and understanding all in the span of about an hour and a half. He's amazing. Yes, he is in every conceivable I, that's way. What, that's what I'm trying to say is. Oh, no, I know. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's just, yeah. Some of the things I've been working on are here I am again. I, I'm, I, the understanding is now there for me now. I have to say thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every day is an opportunity to learn a little bit more about how to work the sale. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Last week, I was definitely not the guy you wanted on the sale. Oh, yeah. Or the rudder. For that matter, probably an oar. We're <laughs> <laughs> in the boat. <laughs> well, apparently, we're not supposed to work an oar at all, so yeah. you were right on that point. <laughs> well, I think sometimes uh, sometimes all of us are the guy that you might want to use as an anchor. <laughs> I definitely was an anchor. Yeah. The smartest one, too. Yes, this is. And I'll point this out before we we close out for some final thoughts, because it's just interesting. That word lawgiver there, it's kakak in Hebrew. That sounds weird, but that's what it, that's what it is. Oh, you're choking. Sorry. No, no, that's the actual <laughs> word. <laughs> and it actually means to inscribe. 
it means decree, but it, it carries the imagery. Hebrew is a very um, image-focused language a lot, and it means to inscribe. It really, it really brings you back to the imagery of him, him inscribing on the tablets, the Ten Commandments, because mm, really what it carries the, the, the visual of to me. Mm. So, again, it brings us back to him as the lawgiver at Sinai, that, you know, he establishes the marriage covenant for us. This is, this is what I'm going to do for you. This is what I want you to do for me. This is a gift-give relationship, and you need to surrender to that to be mm-hmm. known by me as the husband in this. That's yeah. essentially what he's telling us there. And he's, he's hearkening us back to that language when he calls himself the lawgiver. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's the one that we're, we're to, to enter into that covenant with. No human being, him. He's, he's the source. He's the, I can't, I can't say it now. He's the promised land. Yes. He is. He is the promised land. And if, if our objective is anything other than intimacy with the eternal father, then we've got it wrong. So let's, uh, let's pull the needle. Final thoughts. Hmm. I think it's no doubt that Satan will well us up with pride, seeing that was his downfall in the beginning. Yep. When he rose up against the creator, because Satan is a created being. God's eternal. Satan is a created being. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we forget that. I agree. But Satan wells up and says, I will be like the most high. And he's cast down. It is no doubt that he tempts us with our pride and we have a struggle with pride. That those, I don't think those two are unrelated. I think that's his tool to keep us from total surrender, from totally surrendering to the creator, totally surrendering to the father. Because that's hard. One of my favorite <clears throat> verses, it's my favorite verse because it's so hard. And it's Proverbs 3, 5, which a lot of people know that. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Yeah. What does that look like to place complete trust in him? Not to lean on our own understanding, and our, but in all our ways, acknowledge him. Yep. And he's going to direct our paths. He's going to direct us through the sails. He's going to direct us through those, those, those hard times. But it takes our surrender. It takes our submission to him. And we don't like that. We don't like to submit to authority, but he is our authority. Yeah. He, he deserves to be our authority. Because he created us, he designed us, and we should be an awestruck of him, yep. who he is. Yeah. Are you coffee? Well, I, like I said earlier, this whole day, evening, has been a revelation to me. I, I, don't, I, I I'm without words. I, I don't know what to say. Other than I've got some time that I need to spend on my knees. I think we all do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And get out of my own head. I think a lot of us spend too much time in our own head. Yeah. And we lie to ourselves yep. about the way we perceive the situation around us. Mm. I'm guilty of it. Do it all the time. And, Micah, you were right when you said he is our authority. But if you have a problem with authority, you're going to struggle with this one. Mm. And I was never thought of myself as one to be in a problem with authority. I've always respected teachers, police officers, whomever happened to be in control of the situation. But when applied to my personal life, it appears very clear now 
I have a problem with authority. So am I transposing that problem of authority onto the Most High? I'm going to have to say, yes, I am. So my final thought would be, I know that's a heck of a qualifier, sorry. <laughs> but uh, my final thought is, uh, Mike is right, complete surrender. What does that look like? That's going to occupy my thoughts for quite some time. And I challenge the listeners, let that occupy your thoughts. What does that look like? Because that answer is different for everybody else. For everybody, rather. Everybody's got a different answer to that complete surrender. But I believe in the last few days he has done his skillful the way he does things. He has pinpointed my problem so that I understand it because I'm not the smartest guy in the room. Not the sharpest pencil in the box. So for me, he's pinpointed some problems in my life that I thought weren't a problem. And to use Carl's vernacular, he is sifting mm -hmm. quite hard. So I need to find the joy in being sifted. I'd go on and on, but I'm going to stop there. Enjoy the ride, good or bad. And like Ronnie said on the A side, if you can't praise him through an open door, praise him in the hallway. And that's where I'm going back to. Or out the window. Or out the window, yep. yeah. I like that. Yeah. Micah chimed in. I like that. I just want to say on a, on a more serious note, I haven't called you beta Mike one time this entire episode. Yes, you have not. <laughs> just Mike. <laughs> oh, um, one of my favorite scriptures is Romans 3. Oh, wait, wait. oh whoops. Coffee wanted to say something. He deserves it. I was going to give him the beloved tag of Alpha Mike, please take it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Romans 3.23, he says, you know, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And I think that that speaks to the scripture that you picked today to as a reminder, a constant reminder of he is the only way. He is the way, the truth, and the light. And that we have to constantly look towards him, not our own. You know, not what we feel we know, think we know, claim to know, or anything else, but only look to him because he's the only one with the right answers. Yep, absolutely. I think your mic's about to fall off, though. I see that. I, see yeah. I think that thing's broke. Carl takes great pride in these. You know that. I know. But I don't take great pride in, pride in those clamps. Those clamps have been very disappointing. <laughs> They're about to let go. All right. I don't know if I've shared this before. I may have, but it fits. I'm going to share it again. Uh, my five-year-old face, she plays a game called Paw Patrol Racers. And I noticed a few weeks ago, and I, I had never before, it's, it's a little kid game, right? It's, re it's really for kids her age that, you know, they're not the best at video games. You know, their hand-eye coordination isn't that great. Sometimes they don't even really understand the game all that much. But they want to play anyway. And I noticed that... If you, if you just hold the controller and you don't do anything, it races for you. It actually, it, it'll, it'll, yeah, it, it'll go for you. It'll, it'll attempt to pass the other racers. It does everything for you. Uh -oh. Literally, all you have to do is hold the controller. And I was watching her one day play and, you know, five-year-old faith that she is, she's, she's trying to race on her own, obviously, because she's trying to play the game. And every time, like, 
She's trying to auto uh, overcorrect and hitting walls, slamming into other racers, flipping over backwards, going going the wrong direction at some points. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everything you could do wrong, you could do wrong. Yeah. She's doing wrong. And when she just stops, the game fixes itself for her and gets her back on track, gets her back at a podium finish. Literally, you cannot play this game and just hold the controller and it will get you to the podium. Mm. And, and the whole point of that is to, to train her in how to play the game. Right. The whole point is to kind of hold her hand a little bit so that it's still fun. It still feels like she's fully playing the game, even though she's really not. And it's fun and she's not losing all the time. Mm -hmm. So she gets to a point where she can play it on her own. I really think that's a metaphor for our walk with him. You know, he's holding our hand, right? We can just hold the controller of life and he's going to get us through it if we just surrender and yield fully. Mm -hmm. Right? That's what this verse pictures for us, just yielding and trusting his wind to carry us through. He'll train us in how to work the sail, how to work, how to work the mast. We don't have to worry about the wind. We have no control over that. That's going to carry us. And I think it's very similar to this, this game, as silly as a, as a metaphor of that, as that is, he's training us in how to walk with him. Mm -hmm. But he's doing it side by side with us every step of the way. Let's just make some mistakes, gets us back on track, gets us back to a podium finish again. Let's just make some more mistakes, gets us back on track until we learn to walk side by side with him. It, it's just, it's a beautiful picture and that's really what he wants. That's the sort of intimacy that he wants with us. Yeah. It's just walk alongside him and be awestruck by him and trust him fully and know that he has our best interests at heart can't express that enough he is so good he's so incredibly good and we're not going through anything in our life because he's vengeful that's right. he's training us up sometimes training hurts sometimes we have to smash into the wall a couple times mm -hmm. to learn how to play the game right if we just yield to him I guess that's all I had. It was a great visual, by the way. Thank you. Mm. And before I turn it over, I'm going to have you pray for us, Pastor Micah. I want to confess something to you. Mm. Okay. I was listening. I don't know if you can be able to fix it, Mike. I'm going to have to look at that in a minute. It's going to crash on you. Don't, so I'm don't, not, don't touch it while Carl's talking. in a minute. No. <laughs> be a big thump. Is it? Boom. I was listening to a recent episode that you were on. And I think it was the four of us plus Bob, and I called you Pastor Mike. Oh. I got so confused oh. by all the mics. <laughs> There's so many mics in the room that I transposed Mike onto you. I felt oh. bad ever since. So, Pastor yep. Mike, uh, <laughs> will you close this in prayer? Yeah. God, we thank you so much for who you are, for loving us, for caring for us, Lord, just for redeeming us. And Lord, so often we go against what you want us to do we try to go our own path we think our own way is better and so god we ask you tonight just to work on our hearts lord continue to chisel us away lord until when we look in the mirror we don't see ourselves we see more like the image of your son and lord we're going to have struggles the remainder of this night the remainder of this week we're all going to have encounters that will test test this because we'll want to go our own way. We'll want to react in the flesh. We'll want to react in 
the way that we know how. And Lord, I pray that we would look to you, do just what we've talked about this evening, total surrender to you, and to seek you first in everything. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And that is the end of the record. Until next time. Tell that I'm already